Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Los, what up? It's my temple brother right here. And only gonna bring us closer More dedication to the guy now DOA don't never hold us I'm on the vibe when you feel it though We come alive when the weather rolls They condition like leavings, no We gon' get it, yeah, you know that I believe in more Tryna burn a whole field, roast No limits when we peel, ghost From the east to the west coast We ain't saying much, you know we tryna do the most Oh, I be getting it in Tryna take this where it ain't been me and Chill ain't never been friends, nah, nah, I just keep it on 10 I will be needing that go, uh, and these dreams been yagging me, oh, uh About 400 years, a whole lot of tears Highs to the low, so you know that we got so, so, so We got so, so, so We got so, so, so We got so Let's keep the party going. We got a ball of problems and drown them with no bottles. Feel the stain, the rain, and now it's violence. That stains the pain, you can't wobble. It's like cyanide, them pills you can't swallow. Mm. No chillin' till we all play. I just wanna free the new slaves. We've been going in a whole place. Tryna burn away the old days. Cause in this game, you don't get saves. I'ma keep it lit just in case we ever do cave. Right up in the pit, cause you know that it will do things. Yeah, need a force just to move things. Oh, I be getting it in. Tryna take this where it ain't been. Me and Chill ain't never been friends. Nah, nah, I just keep it on 10. I will be needing that go. Uh, and these dreams been yagging me. Oh, uh, about 400 years, a whole lot of tears. Highs to the low, so you know that we got so, so, so. We got so, so. So we got so 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 we got so so we got shout out to my boy Los AC. This is keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. That was my good friend Carlos. I went to Temple with him. He makes music. Check him out. His name is Los AC. That's L-O-S-A-C-I-E. He has some really good stuff out there on the streaming services. You can even buy his stuff on Amazon. I'm a fan. And I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. He has some really good music. And I'm going to play another song by him on the way out. But I was like going through my phone before I even started this episode trying to figure out what's the best way to start this show off today? Like, what should I play? And I said, you know what? We're going to do Los. We're going to do Los AC. Great catalog he has. I'm still waiting for more music by him because I buy everything he drops. So whenever he drops something else, I'm going to buy it again. But that was that was off of an EP he had called The Sample. And then he recently dropped another EP called Progress. And he also has an EP called Learning Curve. So check all of those out. I promise you he has really good music. I'm not just telling you that because he's my friend. Even though I support my friends, like, Shout out to Chris Krasanji. I just saw on his Instagram, he's dropping a new song on Friday. So I'm looking forward to that. And you know we're going to play it on here because Chris makes really good music too. And I want nothing more in life than to see like my friends make it, man. I want to see my friends successful. I think I have some really talented friends. So it brings me joy just to, you know, play their music on here, introduce you guys to maybe stuff you've never heard of before and maybe make you guys fans of it. Um, so check out Chrisanji and check out Los, Los AC. With all that said, let's get to the show. It's been what? A few days. I apologize because you know what? I had taken like 
a week and a half in between episodes. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flood the streets. So this past weekend, I was home all weekend and I recorded three episodes. So this is the third episode I'm doing. We had the one with the topics with transgender and all that. Leah Thomas, we did um, the phone call with Kayla talking about would a woman pay for a date if she asked a guy on a date? And now here's my third episode. I guess this is a trilogy. And I'm going to release these. By the time you're hearing this, this should be Thursday. So probably a day apart in between. I'll release these episodes. So so I spent this past weekend at home. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like that was This has probably been one of the best weekends I've had in quite some time. It was just a very peaceful weekend. And as you can see, this is one of those episodes where I'm going to talk a little bit about my life and then some topics, a little mix of everything. But I spent this whole weekend at home and I feel like I was productive, even though it it feels like I didn't do a lot. But mentally, I did a lot. Like I went to the basketball court Saturday, got my shots up, listened to some music. You know me. That's like one of the most peaceful things I can do. Then I went to Coco Village, got a $5.46 cinnamon roll that... It felt a little overpriced, but it tasted really good. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I got finessed on that or not. Went to the Coco Wawa, got some coffee, because I can always depend on Wawa coffee, even though that Coco Wawa, Little Hood, I was a little nervous in there. It always looks like it can go down to Coco Wawa, but they have a security guard there now. I guess Wawa realized where they're at, and they paid for like a off-duty police officer to work in there now. So they have security at the Coco Wawa, which you don't normally see at Wawa. But I guess you can tell you're in a bad area when there's a off-duty cop working in there. And then after that, I went to Sam's Club, bought some stuff, and then came home and did a few of those podcasts that I talked about. And this is the third one I'm doing. And then uh, later today, after I'm done, I'm going to edit the other two. Then I'm going to go to Publix, get some fruit. That'll probably be my dinner tonight because I had a pretty big breakfast that I ate at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Don't ask me why. Woke up at 10, watched some church on TV, John Gray, Relentless Church, watched that on YouTube, drank some coffee, and just was able to get my mind right, man. Like I said, this is probably one of the best weekends I've had in quite some time. Just a very relaxing weekend, and I think this is necessary for everybody where you have a weekend that you kind of just sit at home and reset, and that's kind of what this weekend felt like for me. It was like a reset. I was able to gather my thoughts. I was able to think about like my game plan in life going forward. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I thought of some really good ideas of things I want to do in life. And I feel like I'm a little bit um, ahead of where I was going into the weekend, like just mentally and mind wise, physically, all that. Like I just feel like I'm on the right path in my life and it's taken me a while to get here. But as the, as these days go by and I learn more and more, It just gives me more understanding. So I'm thankful for that. I listened to uh, quite a few podcasts this weekend, too. I listened to The Daily. They had two good episodes I listened to, actually three total. But I listened to like a two-part episode about transgender laws in Texas, which was pretty wild because there's so much we don't know about like what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to transgender rights and stuff. And like whether you guys think it's a decision or if it's something you're meant you're born with and you really think that way, I will say that we we just need to be more understanding of what these kids and adults are going through because it's something that is making you feel that way. Now, what it is, we don't know, but I'm going to take them at their word for it. If they say that they feel 
like they're not in the right body. I think we have enough cases at this point in um, where we are in the world and in life to know that this is probably something we need to pay attention to. It's probably a real thing. So I am always willing to listen. And that's why I like listening to podcasts because it's like when you listen to my podcast, you guys might disagree with a lot of the stuff I say on here, but you can't really talk back to me. Like you probably, well, people do say like shout out to Janine. I know she says sometimes she yells back at, the, at me in the car, but the great thing about a podcast is like, you're getting your thoughts out there and the listener just has to listen. Now you can yell back, but the person who's saying it isn't hearing what you're saying. They're just telling you how they feel and you're really just listening and you might have your own comments, but you're really forced to just sit back and listen. And that's why I love podcasts because it's, Sometimes you don't need that back and forth. You just need to sit down and listen. And I feel like when we listen to people and their, their thoughts and their feelings, it's very productive for both sides. Like we're learning new things. They're getting things out. And it's just very therapeutic. So I always like to listen, gather information. Whether I agree with the issue or not, it can't hurt to hear somebody out. So I think we all need to be more understanding of what people are going through in this life. And don't judge. Don't be so quick to judge. Hear what they're what they have to say first, and then make an informed decision. But a lot of times we just kind of give our opinion on something without even hearing the other side. And that's probably where we at we're at right now with the whole transgender thing and all the laws that are being made. But that if you have a chance, go listen to the Daily Man. It's a fantastic podcast. Um, I think they might be like NPR related, but they have really good topics. And the one about the transgender rights in Texas, it was a two part episode. They actually talked to a transgender, um, I guess, girl. Cause she was still under, I believe she was still under 18, but she just talks about her journey and like what made her go that route. And I guess there was like a facility you could go to in Texas that assists with you getting the proper medication and counseling and everything for that transition. And then there was this one guy who had a transgender daughter and she was in like elementary. So she's saying it was, she was born a boy. And then she was saying that she feels like a girl now. And what really got this thing popping off is the husband had got divorced from the wife and the wife was the one who was like accepting, like, you know what? I'm going to support you in this. And we're going to take you to the facility and see like what they say. And the, the husband or ex-husband was having none of it. And he was like one of those hardcore conservative right-wing guys who was just like, no, that's my son, blah, blah, blah. Like they are trying to change them, mutilate them. He was just saying a lot of crazy stuff. So it set off this big legislation in Texas where they had to go and, I guess, discuss it. And then the governor got involved. And then they, it, what ended up happening is they were basically trying to shut that facility down. But what I believe ended up happening was they were like, if they were already accepting people, people who were already involved, like the, the girl I talked about before that, who had talked on the daily, she was still allowed to get treatment, but they didn't know how long that would last. It was just a really fascinating discussion. And one thing that I learned from it was like, it's weird, man. It's kind of scary because these parents have so much say in their child's lives. And I always ask the question to my friends, like, what if your child tells you they're trans gender like what if your child says i'm a i really feel like a girl they were born a boy they feel like a girl or they were born a girl feel like a boy what do you do as the parent because this guy kind of dismissed it and told his 
daughter, like, no, you are a boy. You were born a boy. You're not. And didn't take any of his daughter's feelings into consideration. And I know it's elementary, so sometimes, you know, you might say, we don't even know if that's really how they feel at that age. You know, as an elementary school kid, you might feel one way one day and then one, one way the next. But I do think the transgender thing is real with these kids. I think there are certain kids who do feel like this. And I've always been on the, the side of, we don't know what's going on in somebody's mind. Like, if I felt like I was in the wrong body, I would feel like I'm in prison in my mind. Like, it would just be so painful for me, like, mentally to even go in this through this world and not being able to be my real self. So that's why I am always a little bit more on the side of somebody who's trans and listening to what they have to say and trying to support them. I know I feel a little different when it comes to the sports. I think we have to have certain rules there. But in life, I'm a little bit more understanding there. And if I had a kid and the kid was telling me that, I'm not going to tell my kid, no, you're a boy. Like, if you feel like you're a girl, I'm not going to tell them, no, no. Like, I don't know what's going on in my kid's mind. And I think the scary thing about this is when we have parents that are dismissive like that, and then even the parents who tell their kids, like, if the kid says, I'm gay or lesbian or whatever, and you tell them, no, you're not, or we're going to take you to church and try to pray it out of you, man. It's just scary to me because I feel like that's how we get to, like, depression with kids suicide and all that so i think these parents are playing a dangerous game here where they're where they're really going against their kids and telling their kids that they're wrong for how they feel and as a parent i feel like they need to be a little bit more understanding and maybe just talk let their kid express themselves and just listen and that's that's the i guess that's the whole point of this whole podcast i'm doing right now is just it doesn't hurt to listen and as a parent I feel like sometimes you want too much control over your kid's life and it can be to the detriment of your kid. And that's why I'm so like, man, I don't even, it's so scary out here. That I, this part of the reason I don't want to have kids because I don't even want to have to go through this where I'm put in that position as a parent. Even if you want to support your kid, just them being in the real world and having to deal with the real world and how mean this world is. There's so many things that worry me. If I was a parent on my kid and how they're feeling, you never know what the kid is really feeling. But if you get a chance, like I said, go check out the daily. It was a two part episode. I think it was like this past week. So you won't even have to search that far to find it, but subscribe to the daily great podcast. They also had an episode about the Amazon workers in New York. I guess it was a facility by JFK international airport. And they ended up uh, winning a legal battle where they were able to form their own union. And I'd heard about the story on Twitter, but I never knew the full, like, how everything happened. So listening to this was really um, impressive and just how it all started. It, it then basically began during COVID when, you know, they weren't giving them the proper rights that they had. And people were catching COVID and they were going to work with it. And then one of the guys ended up getting fired because he had left because it was an unsafe working environment. And in the process of him getting fired, he kind of had the idea sparked to start the union. And it was an uphill battle because, you know, you're going against Amazon and all their lawyers. And he went against them and him and his friend were able to start a union at this facility in New York. And it's it's impressive, man. And it's motivational. It's just a great two like five mic episodes. And, you know, I call something a five mic episode if it's like a classic, if it's great. Like the episode I did with Mike and then the one I did. Jared Table Talk, I, I consider those two five mic episodes because I thought those were classics. I thought 
those were episodes I am comfortable sharing with people. And I don't like to, you know me, I'm not a great, I'm not a great like advertiser. I don't like posting these episodes all the time just because it's like, man, I don't know. I don't really care about the feedback and all that. But when I think it's a five mic episode, I will share it just because I'm proud of it and I want people to hear it. So when you hear me say something about a five mic episode, that means it's something you should listen to. And I kind of got off track because I was talking about my weekend and I went into that whole story. But yeah, like I was saying, I had a really peaceful weekend, man. Just able to reset and think about like goals in life and everything. And I feel like I'm on the right path, man. I was able to kind of put together my 10 year plan going forward and where I see myself at in the next 10 years. And let me tell you, I am really excited for these next 10 years because I kind of I have direction now. I kind of know where I want to go and what I want to do. And I still think I'm going to be retired in the next 10 years. But I kind of know now what it's going to take to get there. And it's, it's some sacrifices. And that's probably the thing about me where people are always like, oh, you're cheap and you don't like to do this and that. And it's not, I'm not cheap, bro. I'm not. I promise you, this lawnmower I just bought, this electric lawnmower that costs $700, I'm not cheap. I buy the things I need. But I just don't like wasting money on unnecessary things. So when I save money, it's because I'm trying to get myself prepared for the future. I'm looking 10 years ahead is what I'm um, doing now. So it's going to take some sacrifices on like, you know what, maybe I can't go out to eat all the time or I can't go out with my friends all the time. Or if I do go out, I can't spend $50 every time, you know, it's little sacrifices like that. But knowing the end goal and where I see myself and wanting to be retired and not have to work for anybody, but still having income coming in, it's going to take those type of sacrifices, man. And you're looking at the stock market, stock market is rough right now. I haven't talked stocks in a while. I'm still moving behind the scenes and making moves in the stock market, but things are down. Everything's down. If you guys have stocks, I would just say, hold your head, be positive. Don't freak out. Things are down now, but I think they will go back up. And I'm the most important thing I would probably say when it comes to stocks is um, residual income is probably your best bet. Having some dividends coming in. I've talked about this before, but you want something that can pay you some dividends for times like this where the stocks are down. You still have some money coming in that you can invest in other things without having to use your own money. And I think that's going to be my focus going forward, which it already has. Like I have a good amount of dividends, but for me to live the life I need to live in 10 years, I really have to step it up with my dividends. That's probably going to be a large percentage of the type of stocks I have in the future. But then, you know, you also want some stocks that you think can grow long term. And I have some of those. And like I told you guys, I'm not really trying to tell you what to buy, but I'm trying to put you in the mindset of what you need to think. And I think you just have to have a good balance. You have to have your balance of dividends, um, some growth stocks, which means those are stocks that might take about five to 10 years for you to see maybe double, triple, quadruple, five times return on those. But you just it's like a plant. You plant it and you water it. When you buy those type of stocks, when the prices dip, you go in and you buy some more of them. And then, you know, it's kind of like you're planting the plant and you're, you're working with it, letting it grow. And then you'll see the returns on that. And then, you know, if you want to dip with the penny stocks, you can do that. I'm not a big penny stock guy, but if you, if you see a few cheap stocks that you like, don't be afraid to put a little bit of money into those, but you don't want to go all your money into the penny stocks. That's where you can get in trouble. You, you need a balance. You need some big name companies that you have stocks of too, because those are the ones that might carry you through these rough times. 
the companies you can trust, the ones you know that are going to make money and their stocks, their stock prices will probably stay around the same even when it dips. Those are the safe ones. So, I mean, like I said, when I look at stocks, I like to, um, especially if you're on Google, I'll look at like what they've done in a year, see what percentage they've gone up or down in a year. The big thing I like to do, though, is the five-year. I like to look at what they've done in five years, and that kind of gives me an idea of, what I think they can do in five more years. So if I look at a stock and it's doubled in five years or quadrupled, I'm pretty comfortable buying it. But also you got to watch out for a stock that might've quadrupled just in one year alone. Cause that means it just had a good year. You want to see consistency throughout the five years where it's going up slowly every year. Those are the ones you look for. So everybody stay positive in the market right now. And don't be afraid to invest because I feel like you have to invest if you want to see more money in the future. Bank accounts are not the way to go because your bank is not giving you that much interest. You're like 0. .000 something like it's not a lot of money. You should have some money in your bank account, but I wouldn't put everything in my bank account. I would switch it up with banks and stocks a little bit in both. And you can't go wrong with that. But it's all about patience, too, because when there's a drop, you can't freak out. And right now. We are at a drop. All right. After all that stock talk, let's talk about what I really been wanting to talk about for the last couple weeks. And that was the tragedy at Icon Park in Orlando. Rest in peace to Tyree Sampson. He was the 14-year-old child. And that's what I'm going to call him. He's a child. I know he, if you look at the pictures, he was a large individual. And yes, he was probably big for his age, but he was a child nonetheless. He was 14 years old and he died on the Orlando free fall ride at Icon Park. If you're not from Orlando, it's a ride on um, International Drive. Icon Park's like this little area on International Drive. They have the Ferris wheel. They have the free fall. I'm not sure if this, I think the slingshot is over there too. And there's like an entertainment area with bars and restaurants. It's a pretty cool area to hang out in, but if you know me, I'm I'm scared of heights. I have a fear of heights, so I'm never the guy who's getting on these types of rides. I've never been on a roller coaster that goes upside down. I'm just, I have a fear of this stuff. So when I even heard about this story, it was very scary to me, and it hurt for me to even hear about it, and it hurt, I hurt for his family, and for him to have to die that way. It was just very tragic, very sad, and I can't imagine like the pain and that his family went through and then his last moments on this earth, what he was feeling. It's very sad. I know you guys are probably all heard the story by now, but he was on the ride, the free fall ride. It goes all the way to the top. You're sitting in a seat with like a, a pullover harness, no seatbelt strap though, just the little pullover thing like the roller coasters have. So when it went up, it drops down. And when it drops down, it kind of tilts a little bit. And I guess when it tilted, he slid out of it somehow and he fell and there was video of it, which is disgusting to me that people would even not, not record it. Cause like, I'm not mad at whoever recorded it. Cause you're not expecting a tragedy when you record something like that. But what I am mad at is like even uploading that to social media, because what is the point you clout chasing people in 2022 who feel like everything has to go on um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this social media because you just want people to see 
Like, I don't, what is the freaking point? And this is, oh my God, it's, I'm already getting mad thinking about it, but somebody had uploaded it. And I guess the guy said his reason for uploading it was because he wanted to, people to see the lack of safety that the ride had and learn from it, which I'm sorry, that's a BS excuse. I, that's just all clout to me. Like you just wanted your 15 seconds of fame. And of course, once he puts this video up, it spreads like wildfire and everybody's sharing it. And now it's on the internet. I thought he could have taken that video and just handed it over to the police. There was no need to upload that. Like the people who always want to upload videos of like car accidents and people on the ground, people who have died, like what is going on through your head where you think that's okay to do? Like, why do you guys insist on uploading those types of videos? I will never for the life of me understand it. I've never been one of those people. I'm a pretty private person as it is. Like I'll share stuff, but I'm never going to post anything. I don't even like, I hate when people even post the fight videos. Like I've never shared that stuff. I'm just not that type of person. And I really think people do this stuff for clout, but I hate seeing it just because it's like, once you see something like that, you can't unsee it. Like it's in your head forever. And then who knows what type of damage that'll do for you. You know what I'm saying? Like who knows what, type of PTSD or whatever you're going to suffer from even seeing it. So I was mad that the guy even put the video up, but then the fact that people were sharing it, like I got on Facebook that morning when this news broke and I didn't even know about this, this story and I'm scrolling down and I see video and I'm the type, like I could already tell what the video was. It was something that I didn't want to see. So I scrolled quick. I didn't even see the young man fall but I could see it starting to happen. I'm like, what in the world? What? Who posts this? So now, from now on, when I see stuff like this, I always go to the person. Like I, I'm like, who is posting? I got to see the name of the person because sometimes I scroll so quick to get away from it. I don't even see who posted. But now when I'm on my Facebook, let me tell you, I don't care if you're my friend or not. I am seeing what y'all are posting. If you are a repeat offender, I'm just unfriending you. I had to unfriend this one lady on Facebook because all she kept doing is posting fight videos. And I'm like, no, I do not need to see this. The people are like, oh, you can just mute them or block them or no, 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 no. I'm just going to unfriend you. Like, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't need you as my friend on social media. Like I just lost a friend on Facebook the other day. Cause we were arguing about this whole Tyree Sampson story. And he's just saying how it's Tyree Sampson's fault because he was overweight and he was on the ride. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? He's like talking so disrespectful. He's like, oh, I got to see all this. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, nobody's forcing you to see, to come on my page and talk. And then he like unfriended me. And I'm like, thank you. I was happy about that because it's like, and this is probably a life lesson, but as we get older, we're outgrowing some of the people that we grew up being friends with. And it's okay. We all have different likes and dislikes. So as we are getting older and you're seeing people change and you're changing, whether you're changing for the better or the worse, and they're changing for the better or worse. Sometimes you just have to walk away from them as your friend. And it's all right because like my boy Jackie says, sometimes people are only meant to be in your life for a season, a month, a few years. Not everybody's meant to be in your life for like for eternity, for lifetime. So I'm okay with walking away from friendships at this stage in my life, especially if they're not aligning on the piece that I want to live my life with. And this was like a classic example of that where I'm just seeing the people's reactions but yeah, man, posting the video of a young man 
losing his life was just very distasteful to me. And then the thing that bothered me the most is like the main people that I saw posting this were people with kids. Like you guys have kids and you're posting a video of a kid losing his life. And I guarantee you if that was their kid, they would be up in arms. They would not want to see that on the internet. So I just think we need to think about, Hey, this is somebody's child. When you guys are even thinking to post these types of videos, like, what what would you do if that was your kid? Like you wouldn't want your kid plastered all over social media like that in his last moments on this earth. It's just very gut wrenching and disheartening as as a parent to even see something like that. So that was one of the things that really bothered me. And luckily there were some people with some sense that like were thinking like me and were able to like post about this stuff on Facebook and tell these people how wrong they were. But I don't know if these people will even learn from it. It was just very weird to see like people with kids who thought it was normal to post this type of content. And I want to stay on this Tyree Sampson story for a little bit because there's more things I want to talk about within the actual story. And that is like, who's to blame? Like I said, he fell out of the seat as the ride was coming down, fell to his untimely death. And you could see there was like a video I saw in the news where people were asking one of the operators before the ride even went up. Like, is this safe? This doesn't feel safe. And um, the operator's like, yeah, yeah, it's a safe ride. But you know, at these rides, these are like teenagers, people in like their early 20s working. We don't know how serious they're even taking this ride. But one of the things that I noticed about Tyree Sampson before he even went up in the ride, because you can see the video of him before he goes up. Or I don't know if I saw the video of him before he went up, but I've seen pictures of him because people like one of his, football coaches posted a picture of him on Facebook. And one of the things that stuck out to me was he was a very large man or boy. He's 14 years old. So I think they said he was like six, five and well over 300 pounds. And in the pictures, he looked well over 300. I think they were saying he's like 360, 380. And he played football. Like his goal was to go to the NFL and all that. And he had the measurables needed to get to the next level, but we'll never know now if he would have, because his, his life was taken away um, at an early age. But the first thing I had noticed, like I said, when I saw the picture was this is a fairly large man. And I was even thinking in my head, he was probably too big to be on that ride. But where I, where I um, differ in opinion, especially with uh, my, I guess, former friend who was um, talking on Facebook is that, I don't think it was Tyree Sampson's responsibility to know he wasn't supposed to be on that ride. I think when you're going on these rides, the the reason there are workers there working these rides is because they are supposed to be the ones to know all the rules. Like how is a 14 year old kid supposed to know what the weight limit is and all that for a ride? And I know they said he was apparently told he couldn't get on other rides there. I don't know how true that story is. But, I mean, we've all been kids before. We're all going to push the limits. We're all going to try to see what we can do. And I think the operators at Icon Park at the free fall ride should have told him, hey, you're too big for this ride. And to me, that's why they're liable. But where it gets even more sad is that they've done reports, and I guess the report came out this past week, and it said that somebody had manually adjusted the, the harness on the ride and then there's a sensor and what the sensor does is the, the ride won't go up unless the harness is at the correct position so somebody adjusted the sensor too so that it would 
read like the harness was correct where the harness had been extended further out for a larger person to sit in that seat. If you're thinking like when, you know, you pull a harness over, it comes tight on your chest. He was too large for that. So they adjust, somebody adjusted. I don't know if, now this is where it's confusing because we don't know if it was adjusted before he got on the ride or while he was sitting there, if one of the guys who operates the ride and is in charge of the, pulling everything down for them went over there and manually did it himself. Cause all the report says is that it was manually adjusted by the operator. And I talked to people on Facebook about this and we had a lengthy conversation, but if you read the report, nobody can tell you who the person is that adjusted it. All it says is operator. And what, what my friends on Facebook were telling me is that they're saying operator as in the company, they are calling the slingshot group. That's the name of the company that operates this ride. They're calling them the operator, but it's not really concrete. Like we don't know for sure if that's who they're calling operator or if it's an actual person. And Nikki Freed, who was doing the investigation, said they are not going to name the operator at this moment. So it's a lot of stuff that's in the dark. And I'm very interested to know when they do come out with the name, like who they consider the operator, whether it's a person who actually worked there that day or whether it was the company who had maybe adjusted this ride before. And um, what I'm thinking is maybe they had adjusted that maybe one or two seats just to um, specifically fit larger people. Like I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that was done ahead of time and they just say, Hey, if it's a big person, you sit them in this seat. So when they say the operator manually adjusted the harness and the sensors, we don't know who did it. We don't know when it was done. And that's going to be part of, the further internal investigation they do. But obviously you cannot blame Tyree Sampson for that. Like all he did was get on the ride and sit in the seat. He had no idea probably that it had been adjusted or that it was even illegal to do that and dangerous to do that. And like when you're working these rides, you're in charge of these people's lives, man, like the safety and all that. So for an operator, no matter who it was to do that, that's a big lawsuit on their hands. And it's just sad that it even has to come down to this, man, that this is the way we have to learn. But in my opinion, that ride should never be opened back up again. I'm sure they probably are going to try to open it back up because everything's a business now. But I would like to see something else done there, maybe tear it down, put something different up. But I'm not comfortable with that ride being back open. And whoever this operator is needs to be held responsible, whether it was the kid working the ride and the kid manually did this, or if it's the company who did whoever adjusted that seat needs to be held liable. They probably need, probably need to do some jail time. And I mean, I'm not trying to be judge, jury, and executioner, but they are responsible for a 14 year old's death. It's as simple as that. And they need to be held responsible. I don't know who it is though. And that's the thing. Everybody's blaming this person or this company. And we really don't know. So the best we can do right now is just wait for more facts to come out. But I will say the people who are posting the videos, you guys have to get right with your life. You need to become better humans. And I just pray that your kids are never in these types of situations where videos and photos are posted of them online. And you have to see that as a parent. Cause I think his parents said the way they even found out about his death was on social media. I think his father said that, and that's heartbreaking, man. That's really sad 
that that's the way you find out about your child's death. So prayers to his family, peace, love. I hope you guys can find a way to make it through the days, man, because I know it's hard, man. I know it's tough. He was on vacation with a few friends. It was um, spring break. He wasn't even here with his family, man. It's, whew, that's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. It just upsets me even thinking about how people acted in this. But let's move on. Katanji Brown Jackson was elected to the U.S. Supreme Court. I watched it. I watched her like confirmation and everything. Let me tell you, the haters were out in full force, man. These right wing people really did not want her elected. It was very just ugh, the way they were acting. Like they were just questioning her on the stand. They didn't want her to get in. They were just saying a lot of disrespectful stuff, man. And it just shows you how much people have an issue with a black person in a, a position of power. But I'm glad she was able to make it to that supreme court seat and um this is definitely a good look for us as people of color and i have nothing bad to say about it like she was qualified for it i know people are like oh why, why would biden nominate a black person i'm sorry we need numbers man we don't we need representation in the supreme court because without it you're gonna see like the way things are going especially like right now in florida the way desantis is acting he's doing this because we don't have that representation in um florida in uh, our political figures, we don't have that representation. Speaking of all that, like, yeah, your man DeSantis is out of control right now. He is going to war against Disney where over this whole, like, don't say gay bill, which let's let's just take a moment about this. If you're not familiar with the whole don't say gay bill, basically what it's what it's about is like for schools for kids who are in third grade and below, the teachers are not going to be able to talk about anything that has to do with homosexuality. You know, if a kid is wondering why there are two men holding hands or whatever when they're at Walmart, the teacher can't talk about it in school. That's what this whole, like, don't say gay bill is. It's basically saying we don't want this type of stuff covered in elementary school with kids in third grade and below. And I know I have friends who have kids in school and they're saying they don't want their kids learning about this stuff. So I don't have kids. So it's kind of tough for me to really say what a kid should and shouldn't be learning about. But I, I can say it as somebody who lives in this world. This is not the 90s. Like everybody thinks we're still in the 90s. Everybody thinks we're in this era where we don't know about this stuff and we shouldn't know about this stuff. And I've seen a lot of memes on Facebook about when I was in third grade, I didn't know what gay or straight even was. And I didn't know what my teacher, who they dated. Like, so let these kids be kids. And I get what you're saying. I do. However, we are in a world now where we have so much more access to information. Like, there is these kids. First of all, a third grader has a phone, has an iPad, has Internet like they just have so much more access to technology that we did not have at that age. So a third grader at this point can probably Google like what a naked woman looks like. I know parents say they put restrictions on that, but they can go to school and there's probably a friend who can show them on their phone inappropriate things. 
And then you also have the the simple fact, like when you're out in public, you might go to Walmart, Publix, whatever, with your mom and dad or your mom or your dad, like, or your two dads, like, and you might see two people holding hands and kissing of the same sex. So it's out there. And these kids probably have questions and maybe their parents aren't explaining it to them. And a lot of times you go to school to be taught. So I don't think it's a problem to tell a first grader, Hey, when you're out there, you might see two men holding hands. Like, I don't think it's wrong. I'm sorry. I think you need to prepare kids for what they're going to see out in the real world. A lot of times we can't trust the parents to do that because parents want to shield their kids from everything and act like this stuff doesn't happen when in real life it does. Like these kids see this stuff. And I'm sorry, if you give me an iPad in third grade, boy, let me tell you what I probably would have been looking at. (laughs) Like, so I get it. Like you probably want your kid to be a kid, but I just think the way this world is now, times are changing. Unless you're homeschooling a kid and you keep them locked up in the house all day and with no technology, the odds of them not seeing all this stuff that you're trying to keep from them, very slim. Very slim. They might not tell you, but these kids know what's going on, man. These kids have seen this stuff. Like if they don't see it at school, they've seen it with when they're out with their friends. And I just think we got to educate kids on what what's out there in the real world. And I mean, you don't have to like tell them the full like, hey, this is how sex is and all that. But explaining to them what gay is, honestly, I think that's something that's necessary. You're not trying to convince them that they're gay. But I mean, just telling them the difference between gay and straight and all that transgender. Like I just told you, there's kids in Texas who are saying they're transgender in elementary school. So how are you not? How do you not think it's okay to explain to other kids, hey, this is what they go through so they don't bully these kids and treat them differently? I think just from that simple fact alone, the whole bullying thing, we probably need to educate these kids on the different ways that people can be and how it's normal now. So DeSantis has that bill where basically you can't say anything about gay. And it caused some backlash because, you know, there's some people who are super left. and a lot of them work at Disney. So they put the pressure on Disney like, yo, yo, we're working here. Are you guys going to back us up or not? And Disney felt the heat and Disney was like, you know what? We got to take a side because previously Disney was just like Disney was donating money to DeSantis and the whole Republican Party. But once the don't say gay thing came out and Disney took a lot of heat on it, they had the reverse course. And then Disney was like, we don't support what DeSantis is doing, blah, blah, blah. Like we're about people learning and this and that. So DeSantis said, oh, okay, this is what y'all want to do. So then he went like, this man went nuclear. I'm, I mean, that's the best way I can put it. So he put some legislation out there that basically is changing some of the districts. And it, a lot of black people are mad in um, out here in these districts because they're saying he's taking away some of the black areas And I know some place in Jacksonville where he took away like their whole district and put it somewhere else in another district. So they might lose some like seats or something in the house or in Congress. I don't know. It affects it. It definitely affects the political landscape, but he also took away the Reedy Creek district, which is um, where Disney has all their land. It's called Reedy Creek. If you're from here, you know, Disney's like mostly in orange County and then partially in Osceola, but I, I didn't even notice that area where Disney world is, is like their own land. 
even though it's in Orange County, it was designated as Disney property, Disneyland. So what basically it means is they had their own area, Reedy Creek, and they governed it like they it was their area. So they had their own police force. They have their own fire rescue. They control the utilities out there. So they pay for any roads that need to be improved. Like they have to pay for everything in there because they run that area. It's their municipality. So what DeSantis did is he's dissolving. He voted to, or he put legislation out there that's going to dissolve the Reedy Creek area. And now Orange County and parts of Osceola are going to take on that area and they will control it now. Disney won't have any more control over it. So I'm sure people are like, okay, that's not a bad thing. Like, that's fine. But what this is really going to do now is since Orange County and Osceola are going to be in control of this area, now they're in control of the money. So they have to pay for that police force out there. They have to pay for the fire rescue. They have to pay the utilities out there. I mean, Disney's utilities are probably ridiculous, but they have to pay for all of that. And you know where that's going to come from? It's going to come from taxpayer dollars. So this is where it's going to get interesting because everybody who loves DeSantis and you claim you don't want your government in everything, they're saying with all this happening, that if you live in Orange County, your property tax could go up by 25%. And that is a lot of money. And it's going to probably price some people out where they're not even going to be um, able to afford to live in Orlando anymore. So now DeSantis is probably going to get some backlash off of this. And from what I understand, since Disney doesn't run this area now, once it happens, I don't think it goes into effect in the, like 2023, but. Disney was getting like tax breaks on all this. So apparently they're not going to get any more of these tax breaks. And also if they want to build anything, they were just able to build however they wanted because it was their land. Now they'll have to get special permits for anything they want to build there: buildings, hotels, rides, whatever. So it's definitely going to make things harder on Disney, but the burden, the tax burden is going to put on residents of orange County. Wow. It's something we have not seen before. I'm glad I live in Brevard. And this is going to probably make or break DeSantis as a governor. Cause he's getting a lot of like props right now. People love him. They're all him DeSantis for president and all this. I don't know. I think this is going to impact him negatively. I don't see how this is favorable for him. I don't see how this is even a good thing. Like all it seems to me is he's being very petty towards Disney and the people who love him probably think this is great. But when that, when that tax Dollars hit and you got to pay all that extra money. They probably going to hate him at that point. Cause one thing Republicans don't like is being taxed. So this, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. I talked about my electric lawnmower earlier. And let me tell you, like going to electric is probably one of the best decisions I've made. I'm very happy with it. I stopped paying my lawn guy, Jerry. So I've saving like $30 each time I cut my grass. I mean, I put a lot of money into the lawnmower. That's the only thing. It was expensive, but I think over time, it's going to be a great um, investment for me. And I bought like the lawnmower. I got the edger. I got the weed whacker. I got the blower. I went all in. I bought everything. Because at this point, I'm all about saving money, not only saving money, but just doing things myself. I don't, like I told you, I don't like to spend money on unnecessary things. I'm home all the time now. So it's like, why not cut my own grass? And you know what? I actually enjoy cutting the grass now. Like I look forward to it because I listen to a podcast. It's just very peaceful. And I thought it was a great decision. So 
I'm happy with all that. I would recommend everybody if you're going to get any electric um, lawn equipment, Ego is a good brand, E-G-O. That's what I bought. Their lawnmower is amazing. It's It feels like a regular gas-powered lawnmower. A lot of power, so I would recommend that to everybody. Um, I have some sad news to report. My TV in my living room has broken. Moment of silence. I felt like it was probably going to go out at some point. I just didn't know when, but I, last weekend, man, I, I smelled like this burning smell in my living room all weekend. I'm like, what is this? I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I'm watching like Hoda and Jenna, which is like one of my favorite shows. I love Hoda and Jenna. I watch them like every day, but I was watching it and all of a sudden the screen went black and I was like, what the heck is going on? And I kept trying to turn the TV off and on. I could still hear sound and then come to find out the TV's done. So now I have to get a new TV, but I'm not in a rush because I still have a TV in my bedroom. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe not having a TV in the living room is not a bad thing. Maybe I can get back to being productive. Like maybe I'll read more books, which is something that I had gotten off of because like I told you, I got back on Facebook and social media and I feel like I've become a little bit more lazy. So now not having a TV, I think will get me back to being more productive because when I'm out there, well, I don't even spend as much time in the living room anymore. I just eat. Um, I sit on my couch and I eat because I have the little stand that I could put the food on. And when I do that, I listen to a podcast and then after that, I go back in my room. But I've done three podcasts this weekend, which I feel like is because I don't have that TV out there. So maybe not having a TV is a, not a bad thing. And I'm not in a rush to buy a new one. Probably in the summer or when it gets closer to football season, I'll buy one. But at this point, I don't feel a need to buy a new TV. And TVs are not that expensive. Like I can probably get another 50-inch TV for like three or $400. So not in a super rush. It'll be there. But it sucks that I don't have it. I'm kind of sad that I... It's gone because I did like that TV, but now I just have to do research on what else I want when I get a new one. And I, I don't know, man, that's life. That's life. I'm going to be more focused this year anyway. I need to read more. So I'll keep you guys updated on how the reading's going so far. Haven't read a lot, but maybe this week I'll do some reading since I've knocked these podcasts out over the weekend. Let's talk about Zaya Wade though, real quick. This is Dwayne Wade's daughter who was trans, who is transgender. I've honestly forgot what Zaya's name was when she was uh, previously a boy, which I guess is what it was supposed to happen when you're transgender. You want to get rid of that old life you were living. But Zaya came under a little bit of fire this past week, or maybe it was Dwayne and Gabby. They came under some fire because Zaya posted a picture of her kissing a boy, a white boy, but a boy. And, she was 14, so people were like, oh, why is a 14-year-old? Like, why are these kids posting this? We don't need to see this. I mean, one of my friends even said it was like pornography. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but came under a little fire for posting the kissing the boy. But what's actually interesting about the whole thing is that I didn't even notice until I, like, read up a little bit more on it. The boy that Zaya's kissing in the picture is actually a transgender boy. So that means the boy was previously a girl. Zaya was previously a boy. So it's a little confusing because people are like, ah, you're gay, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't think that's gay. I don't think that is. But then again, like if you like a transgender woman, technically that's not supposed to be gay either. 
But the fact she was kissing um, another transgender boy, I don't think you can even make that argument. Like, I think that's got to be treated as it would be if it was two straight 14-year-olds kissing, which this is the, the, the problem I have with everybody's criticism is like, if two 14-year-olds, like straight people post a picture of them kissing, nobody's complaining, man. As much as my friend said it was like pornography and all that, and, uh, you don't want to see kids. Bro, kids do this stuff, especially at 14. Like, kids are doing much worse than that at 14. So two kids kissing at 14 to me is not a big deal. Now, is it something you want to see? Probably not. Like, yeah, I don't have any desire to see two 14-year-olds kissing, but if it comes across my like timeline and I see it, I'm not like, Oh my God, like they, this is pornography. These people need to be in jail. No, 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 no. I think that's normal. And honestly, I think if we were that age and we had phones and cameras, we would probably post the same way these kids are posting now. So to act like it's the parents' fault and why are kids doing this? I just think people don't realize how 14-year-olds are acting nowadays. And maybe, I mean, maybe these people have kids too. So maybe you guys, maybe they just sneak and do it behind your back, but. Trust me, these kids are doing so much nowadays. I didn't have an issue with it, though. I don't, like I said, it's not something I'm, I want to see on my page. Like, I don't even follow Zaya, but I don't know how it even made it to my page. I think Larry Reed posted it. That's why I saw it. But I don't think it's the issue people made it. I only think people made it a big deal is because it's a transgender woman, um, girl. A transgender girl kissing a transgender boy who they thought was an actual boy. That's right. You know what, now that I think about it, I think the reason people had a problem is because they thought the boy Zaya was kissing was cisgender. I think they thought that was a regular boy who was born boy. I think that's the issue. And they were like, oh, they were probably like trying to act like it was something like gay or whatever, which I told you, I don't even know if it's really a gay, if it could be gay, because people say that's not. But I think that was the issue. I think people thought it was a cisgender boy. And they were worried more about it being a gay thing than actual 14-year-old thing. But like I said, she was kissing a transgender boy. So I don't know if that makes a difference to these people. Probably not because I think they, I think the, the, the people who have an issue with like gay and lesbian and all that had the same issues with transgender. So they probably would have gotten mad either way, but I think they probably doubled it up like, oh, it's a transgender girl kissing a regular boy. Like it's two boys kiss. I think that's how people saw it. And I don't, I don't know. I don't now knowing that it was a transgender boy to me, it's like, I really don't think it should have been treated the way people were treating it. And I don't like, I don't, I don't it's tough. It is tough. It's tough. Like it's, I don't, I'm sure if I had kids, I might feel the same way, but this is why I don't have kids. Cause I don't want to have to deal with this stuff. I don't want to have to deal with how I'm going to feel about my child dating at 14, my child kissing somebody at 14 or my child even potentially having sex at like 14. I don't, this is stuff I'm glad I'm never going to have to deal with. So you guys with kids, I pray for y'all. Cause I'm sure it's, it's just scary to think about your kid out there in that real world. But just know like my opinions are coming as somebody who does not have kids and probably sees the world a little differently than you guys with kids. Like, I can't say you're right or wrong for how you feel, but I think it was a bit of an overreaction, especially calling it pornography. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not like these kids. Like, no, let me just move on.
So a federal judge lifted the mask mandate in the United States this past week. Hey boy, some of y'all was showing your true feelings on this one. I saw a lot of people like immediately taking their mask off. Videos of people on flights with the flight attendants are telling them to take their, their mask off. I have a friend who's a flight attendant. I was asking him about it. He was saying basically like flight attendants couldn't stand having to wear their mask and having to police everybody who was wearing masks. So they are happy that this mandate has been lifted. Um, Twitter, which is probably not the best gauge of where we're at as a country, but you could see on Twitter, it was a little split. Like you had people who really agreed with it. And then you had people who thought this is the worst thing ever. And I'm not going to lie. Like I don't wear my mask when I go places anymore. I kind of follow the guidelines though. Like if I was on a plane, I would wear it if I had to, but I told y'all, like I'm going to tell, well, I'm going to tell y'all, like I told Mike, I treat the mask mandate like Publix and Target because those people were wearing their mask for the longest. Once Publix told their employees they didn't have to wear the mask and Target told their employees they didn't have to wear a mask, I felt like we none of us had to wear it. So I stopped wearing mine. Now, if they go back to wearing theirs, I'll wear mine because I feel like they are the, the gauge that I'm going to follow of where we're at. The numbers are down, but now they're saying the numbers are creeping back up with COVID cases. I don't know. I'm, I'm following it, though. I'm following it. We'll see where it goes. But... Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to wear it at this moment. But if if I have to, I'm not going to complain about it either. I mean, taking it off mid-flight where the argument people were making on Twitter is like if it's a baby on the flight that's like immune or in or is it compromised, everybody should have their mask on cuz you're putting their life at risk. And I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on that one yet just cuz this era we're living in now. I don't think the mask mandate was going to last forever. I think everybody had to get used to a, a point that we were going to get to where no masks were no longer required. And it seems like we're there now. So I'm not mad either way. If you're wearing it, if you're in favor of it, I know Mike is probably going to be like, welcome to my side, Mike. I'm not, I'm not all the way on your side either. Shout out to Mike though. I'm going to have him back on the show at some point. Me and Mike, we're talking um this past week because Mike is like obsessed with Kevin Samuels now. Like <laughs> the way I watch Larry Reed, and you guys know me, I love Larry Reed. I watch all his videos. I think he's the most entertaining person out there. Subscribe to him on YouTube, Larry Reed Live. He is such a good follow. And the way I am with Larry Reed, like Mike is like that now with Kevin Samuels, where he watches all the stuff Kevin Samuels puts up. He thinks he's the most fascinating person ever. Mike sends me Kevin Samuels videos and talks about Kevin Samuels all the time. So I told Mike, we need to do an episode where we break down some of the stuff Kevin Samuels is saying, because he's a very divisive person where a lot of women hate him, but he does say a lot of truth. He says a lot of truth. I think his delivery is not good. I think he can say it in a better way, but a lot of stuff he says makes sense. And I want to break down some of that stuff he says with Mike. So we'll probably pick a few of his videos to go over and I'll write down some stuff. Mike will write down some stuff and we'll have an episode in the near future where we talk about like Kevin Samuels in depth. Cause I know Mike wants to get to that. Also I have now nah, I'm going to save that for another episode. I have something else pertaining to Mike. I want to say, but I'll save that for another episode. Cause I got to do that. Right. Have you guys been watching the NBA playoffs though? I've, I'm casual with it because I don't have cable at my house. So if it's not on like ABC, I'm not really watching, but I do know what's going on. I keep up with the news. 
Boston, man, the Boston Celtics are up 3-0 on the New Jersey Nets right now. And that's probably the biggest story out of the playoffs. Yeah, Kyrie with the Boston fans before where he flipped them off, flipped the bird at them last weekend. And that was a big news story because they're like, why is Kyrie acting like this with the fans? It's inappropriate. I was conflicted on that one. I was a little torn because I'm like, look, if they're cursing at him and talking to him inappropriately, he should be able to respond. But I think my issue with it and what kind of bothered me was just, I follow Kyrie. I'm a Kyrie fan and I have friends who just dislike him. But from what I see from following him, Kyrie is like a man of peace. He's a guy who just wants peace in the world. He wants to see everybody healthy, happy. Like he doesn't have a lot of hate in him. And if you follow him on like Instagram or not Instagram on Twitter, this is like the stuff he talks about. So when I saw him acting like this with the fans, I was like, this is not like the Kyrie I'm used to seeing. Like we're talking about a guy who participates in Ramadan, a guy who gives all praise to God, who talks about peace and unity and just wants to see the world become a better place. hates war got on Dennis Schroeder last year for saying the N word. Like, so to see him react like this and telling people SMD, which means suck my, you know what? And calling them MFers and all that. And he said they were saying the same stuff to him, but for somebody who had found peace and was at that place in his life, it was a little disappointing for me to see him fall victim to what they were saying and responding in the way he did. I didn't think that was necessary, but I do know we all get pushed sometimes and everybody has the breaking point. Everybody has a limit. And I, the best way that I can explain it is like similar to what Will and Jada, like no matter how you feel about the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing and what the joke was, the thing I always tell people is you can't tell somebody else how to react. You can say whatever you want to somebody, but you can't tell them how to react to what you say. So those Celtics fans said whatever to Kyrie, but he's going to react how he wants to react. The same way Will Smith reacted how he's going to react. Now there are consequences every time you react a certain way. As we saw with Kyrie Irving, he got fined $50,000. Will Smith has been banned 10 years from the Oscars. Like there are consequences for all your actions, but we know that beforehand and we still are going to react however we want to react. So you can never assume somebody's going to react in your best interest or the way you want them to just, you got to watch what you say to people. I still pray that Kyrie can get back to the peace he needs. Uh, man, I hope the Nets don't get swept either. Cause like I said, I'm a Kyrie fan, but Boston looks good right now. Tatum Brown crazy. Everybody wanted to break up that duo earlier. And now they're, they're thriving. Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year. Man, Boston's a really solid team, and they're missing Robert Williams, like their starting center, who's a really good player. So, man, was Smart at the point? And if they ever get Robert Williams back during the playoffs and they find a way to get past the Nets, I would say Boston and Milwaukee, that would be a nice matchup, even though Milwaukee's missing Middleton now. But I think Giannis is, this is the thing. Giannis is good enough to carry Milwaukee on his own. He don't really need Middleton, but we're seeing right now Kevin Durant. We got to stop the LeBron comparisons with Durant because Durant has not shown us yet that he can carry a team on his own. Like in OKC, he couldn't do it. The Warriors, he had help with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, like freaking the all-star team there. They could have won the Team USA basketball with that squad. And then now he has Kyrie, but to me, they're both complementary pieces. Kyrie is not like, Kyrie's not somebody I think I would build a team around and, and I'm seeing I'm apparently KD probably needs that type of leader that he can play off of. 
But I'm going to say this. I'm going to give them the rest of the series. But if they get swept, if they get swept, there's I never want to hear another Kevin Durant, LeBron James comparison ever again. If they don't get swept, but they still lose the series, I probably still don't want to hear the comparison. And if they find a way to win this series, oh, you can compare him to LeBron. You can bring that back. But at this point, I think we're seeing what separates KD from LeBron. We're seeing the type of leader LeBron is. Because LeBron, man, he would find a way to get it done. And KD, KD's not showing up when his team needs him. And I know everybody's going to say, like, oh, they don't have Ben Simmons, which is a fair argument. And now we're finding out, like, Ben Simmons is probably not even playing in game four where there was reports before that he was going to play in game four. I ain't going to lie. Like, when I heard that, I saw something in my head told me they had to win yesterday for him to play. Like, or, yeah, on Sunday or Saturday. Something told me they had to win on Saturday for him to play. They lost that game. And in my head, I was just like, bro, I find it hard to believe Ben Simmons is coming back with a team down 0-3. All eyes on him. Like, we already knew he was under some type of mental stress in Philadelphia where he felt like all the pressure was on him. What do you think it was going to be if he came back for game four? It would have been all about Ben Simmons and how he let the team down if they lost. So I think what Ben's doing right now is like, yo, I'm, I'm not even suiting up. I'm sitting this out. I'll, I'll come back next season and help. <laughs> but y'all ain't about to put all this stress and pressure on me. Like, he was not having that. And, man, prayers to Ben Simmons because I don't know what the young man is going through. I don't know if it's a mental thing, if it's a physical thing. I know they said he had, like, back problems and stuff. And who knows? Maybe that's part of the reason. But to me, it feels like it's mental. And, man, I just pray for him because – He's going through something. I, I just hope he can get the, the help he needs to get him back on track mentally. And I know he's taking some heat. Reggie Miller was saying, like, he's letting the team down and all that, and there's no competitive fire. And, bro, it's the same thing I say about, like, the trans issues and the gay issues and all that. We don't know what's going on in somebody's mind. We don't know mentally what this man is dealing with. So I'm going to be a little bit, you know, careful on how I – criticize him and cast judgment and i just hope he can find it like the the peace or whatever confidence he needs or health but we really don't know what he's going through man we don't know what the pressure he's feeling maybe he has anxiety it's just we don't know so i kind of understand why he wouldn't want to come back for that last game and just go thrown in that fire and man it I guess the question is now, do you break that team up if they get swept? Does Nash get fired? Because to me, to me, Steve Nash is not the right guy for the job. They probably should have hired Mark Jackson to begin with. But there was nothing that we saw that said Steve Nash was going to be a great coach. I just think everybody hopped on that wave where, oh, Steve Kerr could do it. Now everybody can do it. Or every white guy could do it. Because, you know, <laughs> ain't no brother getting that type of chance. But, man, it's a it's an interesting playoffs. It's still nowhere near as good as the NFL offseason, which we have the draft coming up this week. Pittsburgh Steelers, please take Malik Willis. We need him so bad. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Nets. I can't call it. We'll talk a little bit more about it in the next episode. Actually, no. The next episode I'm going to do is probably going to be with my cousins because Jarrell, Tamika, and her daughter, Sydney, are supposed to be coming down this weekend coming up. So I'm definitely trying to do a cousins podcast with them. We're going to try to get Kenya over here, too, in the building. You know, Big K ain't been here since the pandemic. 
So we're going to try to get everybody here for a Cousins episode, which I think will be really special because there's a lot to talk about. We need to, we need to talk to Jarrell about what's going on in his life, his love life. We need to get to the bottom of some of those things. Find out what's going on with Big K. Where's Mika at? What's it like raising a daughter who's in college? Maybe we'll get Sydney on here to talk. I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be next weekend. Lord willing, we'll have everybody here for that episode. And after that, I'll probably do a more traditional episode again. And we could talk about like what happened with Boston, if they're still in the playoffs or not. And I think this is a good point to wrap this up. So I've told y'all I'm going to play some more Los AC on the way out of here. This next song I'm going to play is called High Versus Low Vibes. This is one of my favorites off of the Progress EP that he dropped. Make sure you go look for it. It's available on Amazon Music and I believe what Apple Music or whatever it's called. And you can also stream it. But we're going to play this song, High Versus Low Vibes. This is Low AC. We'll be back with Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence this upcoming weekend with the Cousins episode. Y'all make sure you check it out. If there's anything you got to say, hit me up on Instagram. At Beyond the Glory, at J Law Radio on Twitter, low, low AC, high versus low vibes. Let's go. Hustles fell off, but dog, it's all coolie. No judgment over here, these times is unruly. The game, they got away, shit's gooey. Boys looty, they don't stick, go so pull toolies. Them the type of bitch moves and never stuck to me. How you real, but got a steal? No, you can't fool me, you just weak. It's sad, truly, but I'ma do me. My pockets, they gotta eat, they be mad moody. Big hungry, they never sleep, they a whole foodie. Got me building a life to watch, I'm a whole movie. Giving y'all vision, that's my duty, that's what I'm on. Still breaking right through these ceilings to the break of dawn. When my heart needed some healing, hit the respawn They playing with one life, still sleep like Cardi B If it's up, you know that's where we gone When they go low, we go up About that action, cause talking and never see it much Funny how that line up with niggas that never did much Not me, Brody and Storms, your boy still clutch Shifting through the rain, failure never seen such And when you claim the street game, I never feel ya Worried about COVID, the block is sooner to kill ya And they fucks around that won't break down but build ya before you become somebody's memorabilia But what I know, do you keep it tucked with the heat real close? Had to seen him on the news, damn, guess he ghost It don't burn it to your heads till y'all pop up toast That's the rock y'all chose, that's them low vibes Never bang with them's why I stay high Any lessons off in them, it's how I thrive We decided to try to win, not just trying to survive Homie, open your eyes, yeah When I need that Can't slack Cause a nigga happens to be black So my struggle hit different Can you believe that? I can't afford to be on I gotta be cracked Facts Grind up Until your moment Come and seize that Want wealth But the fame Niggas can keep that Put legacy on my name I'm trying to read that Then reminisce on the recap Ay But that's me Y'all visions I can't see Stevie Wonder if y'all lost A lazy Golly Waste of time And get to be costly Low key I need to work on yourselves That's all free What's G Dumb me Thinking y'all might follow Got a better chance of popping winning the lotto Keep them low vibes, some pills are harder to swallow That hit my bitters though, just sipping on my gelato <laughs>